1: But a guy by the name of Colin Rugg, so not a pastor, he says, co-owner of Trending Politics, Investor American. So he posted something about a California state assembly that has just passed a bill allowing parents, get this, to lose custody of their children if they refuse to accept their child's gender transition. Whoa. And he goes on to Whoa. talk about they want our kids and all of this stuff. Okay. So, this, I think you and I would both agree, is terrible. Horrifying. Horrifying. Yes. So, Eric Reed, who is a pastor, I believe, in Tennessee, a pastor, he does great work. Like, he does good stuff. He's also can be somewhat inflammatory on Twitter. Okay. He's very conservative. Okay. Uh, I actually respect some of the stuff he's doing at his church and whatever else. So, uh he has a ministry called Knowing Jesus and uh also pastor. So, here's what he wrote in response to this. So, what is it called quote tweeting? Quote tweeting? Okay. If you're a Christian who votes for a party that proposes and passes legislation like below, this is the the uh, thing you're just one. talking about, yeah. On top of its abortion policies, my only conclusions are you you are, are you one? Are you are not a Christian? So he meant to say I think you are. My you only are. conclusions are you are one, not a Christian. Two, compartmentalize your faith from everything else.: Wow. Or three: have not been discipled. Whoa! And then he closes with no other options.
2: Whoa. So this
1: gets back to, what's he really saying here?
2: Uh, you cannot
1: be a Christian and vote Democrat.
2: That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's and what And he I'm might hearing. push back
1: a little bit, but he doesn't talk about, he doesn't say if you're a Christian who votes for a politician that proposes He's these. He's
2: saying a party that proposes and passes this type of legislation and we on know, top of abortion policy.
1: We know yeah. that it's the Democratic Party yeah. that in states and federally is yeah. pushing these transgender bills, abortion. Mm. They are the. They are the party of abortion. Mm. All of these things. But he takes it really, really That's far really here, so I want to I want to wrestle with this yeah. here with you because on the one hand I get what he's saying, sure that these topics for him and he thinks for all of us are theological and are bigger than anything else you're going to run up against yeah. in the political world. It's bigger than taxes. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than mm-hmm. whatever else. Yet on the other hand. I'm not comfortable making as black and white a statement as this because absolutely people not. people vote for different reasons. Yeah. But I'm going to keep going in circles here because if I did vote Democrat of someone who especially believed these things or would not stand in the way yeah. of these things, I'm not sure I could really look myself in the mirror and feel good about that. This so is, wrestle with this. Yeah.
2: I mean, this is hard. I, this is I think this is an absolutely ludicrous statement. Oh, One you go ludicrous. Are, yeah. Yeah salvation, like for him to say you're not a Christian, Granted. our salvation is, and I'm sure he would agree with this by faith through grace, Jesus Christ alone. Period, not who you vote for, not who you don't f- vote for. That does not like uh, uh dismantle our Christianity, our salvation. So, I, that, so, maybe he's being inflammatory. I think that's the part that's absolutely ludicrous. Are some Christians separating their faith and their politics? Yeah, totally. That's on both sides of the -hmm. the aisle, right? I also think the hard part is this is an important issue, and I wholeheartedly agree with you on that, Brian. But there are other issues that are just as important that are Christian issues. Racial equity, criminal justice reform, protecting social programs that benefit the marginalized, that are more uh, uh, promoted in the Democratic Party. And so... Some Christians are going to feel more uh, called and passionate about those issues than these other issues, or they're going to go, you know what, man, either way I choose, I'm losing, so I just have to go with where my conscience is telling me to vote, and that might look different than Pastor so, Eric Reid. Here's the other thing. Can I just say yes, one more thing? Yes. Comes down to, let's say, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, mm-hmm. OK, we, oh, this is election none of us want. We've said that,
1: but we're going to get.
2: still am not going to vote for the man who publicly talks about assaulting women and grabbing their private parts. That goes against my Christian conscience. And I would say to you, if that's who you're voting for, then are you a Christian because you care about women? Like, do you know what I'm saying? We pick our pet issues. And if you make it about someone's salvation, you've gone way too far.
1: I I get what you're saying. I don't think it's ever helpful in a tweet to go. You're not a Christian.
2: I'm sure it got a lot of clickbait though.
1: i do not. Let's see. No, not too much. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I, I I don't think it's ever over an issue of politics and stuff. I do hear, I'm okay. Let Let's just go here. I don't think I. And so I do think politics are personal, right? Uh, like oh, I do think they're personal. They are so personal. So I think that's also the problem. Now he's trying to be pastoral or infl- whatever he's trying yeah. to be. I'm not sure I could ever vote for a Democrat. I think at best I could sit out. Interesting. If I was, because this is the hard part. This we've said this before. It's not the it's not the choice between good and evil, right? But a lot of the things that a lot of the prominent Democrats are pushing harder and harder for, I would call evil, hmm. and I would have a hard time pushing. It. And so I think for me it becomes, I'm not a big lesser of two evil guys. Yeah. And so for me the real question becomes. Christians should vote. Yeah, but how do you vote with a good conscience? Yeah, I don't know. I struggle with that. You know, yeah, uh, that I, I feel some of the uh, same ways about Donald Trump that you've said, yeah. and I have zero respect for right. Joe Biden and his policies. Right. So. Uh, am I allowed to say this? The last one I sat out, the president won. I, I voted for everything else on the ballot, and I yeah. was like, I can't do it. And I, most people don't feel that way,
2: and you can, just the way you I And you can feel. write in candidates. I mean, I know it never works, right. but it's a way to honor your civic duty and vote and also write in someone that you think is actually reasonable for the job. I know that person never gets elected in the office, and so it feels Kevin futile. Kevin Sampson gets
1: votes from you. Nice. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, That's an alternative. I I mean, these are massive issues. Like, obviously, parents losing custody of their children if they refuse to accept their child's gender transition is as ludicrous as Eric Reed saying this in my (laughs) mind. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. I just don't. I know too many people who are like, Christians can only vote Democrat or only vote Republican. Mm -hmm. And I just have never in my entire life agreed with that. Like, even when I was a very young, new Christian, it just didn't make sense to me because you see people from different circumstances, different environments, different communities. They want a different type of leadership and a different type of issue matters to them. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. I don't think he's right. I'll say that. It
1: is worth thinking about because we've got a Did you know there's elections coming up soon? Oh, really? Did you know it is just around the corner? And uh, I think we're going to haven't fa- heard of that. I think we're going to be faced <laughs> with these decisions. I think we it's are going to be faced. And Good I also times. know there are listeners right now who are like, I completely agree with what that guy said in that tweet. There's no doubt oh, about that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up next, another tweet that I saw about the difference uh, between religion and work and the gospel. I'm going to try to put that together. We're going to talk some gospel next year on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. You know, I just if, if not for Twitter, I don't know what we would talk about on the show because I just see these tweets that I love I know, Tweets that get my twi- mind you're going on
2: Twitter more than anyone I know these days. And that's not what I would think about you. Like, you're not the Twitter guy, but you are you're on Twitter. A that lot. is
1: an untrue statement. I am on Twitter less than I've ever been. I just bookmark these things as I see them. And then when I show prep, okay. I hop back okay, on fair, and I go, fair. there you go. That's
2: that's fair. That's reasonable. Maybe I should just say you're on Twitter more than me, but I'm on Instagram a lot more than you are.
1: As one who sees your reels right when they come up, like when I go talk, you I don't do? know what the algorithm they is. You or I think so. <laughs> I'm like, there she is again. There but she is again. Know
2: I pay for Instagram to
1: target him with <laughs> all of my stuff. And little do you know that's not going to work out well for you. <laughs> okay, a guy by the name of Grant Castleberry. Uh, senior pastor of a church in Raleigh, North Carolina.
2: Grant Castleberry has been on the common good, or we've just talked about what an amazing name he has.
1: And I think his Twitter, I think, again, I get caught in the algorithm. (laughs) I don't follow him, but I see his tweets all the time.
2: Grant Castleberry sounds like he's from England.
1: Husband, father, U.S. Marine. Whoa. President and Bible teacher at Truth Unashamed.
2: Oh wow! These people start
1: their own like,
2: and then they wow. We got to start something and call ourselves oh, no, it's presidents.
1: Unashamed truth, which is the Bible teaching fellowship of Grant Castleberry. <laughs> there you
2: go. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: I don't know. I'm unashamed of the truth that I preach, but I have oftentimes shamed by what I preach. <laughs> I go, that, wasn't Fair, very good. that wasn't a good one. <laughs> that one wasn't great.
2: We should like do one like pastor who sometimes isn't a fan of their own, <laughs> <laughs> own preaching.
1: At Mediocre Messages. At Mediocre Messages. <laughs> <average> messages.
2: preaching dot
1: <laughs> Forgettablepreaching.com. I'm your guy. <laughs>
2: Oh, no. Uh,
1: oh, no. Oh, I'm starting a new organization. Look at my watch. Go. When's this over? Dot com. <laughs> Stop talking. There we go. Oh,
2: no. Him again? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dot
2: com. Okay. Oh, good times. All right. Grant, Grant Castleberry. Grant Castleberry. He
1: says this. This has to do with religion, gospel, all of it. I want you to tell me what you think of this. Every other religion says, quote, work. Christianity says, quote, repent of your good works and trust Jesus Christ. If Christ needed you to do good works to get to heaven, then he died for nothing. Mm. Thoughts?
2: Uh, ish. Like, I'm like, yeah. I feel like he's trying to be a little. He's taking up the Tim Keller uh, mantle here. Someone's this is how Tim Keller <laughs> would tweet all the time. Every other religion says. I don't know. Christianity does say repent of your good works, but it's more like repent of putting your faith in your good works to save you. Um, it's not even repenting of your good works because we're still called to do good work Uh, especially James like faith and work right I I would I think I would change good works if I'm him tweeting which I'm not Grant Castleberry Uh, I might just change the language slightly repent of your trusting in your good works to save you repent of your sins would be perhaps more accurate Um, I understand what he's saying like it Yes, we do not our faith does not preach a works salvation. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. It does not that's in the garbage. Like it is again, we just talked about this, but faith in Jesus mm-hmm. alone. Yep. Not good works. Um so I don't know. I think I I think I would just I, I'd nuance it a little bit. I I'd, okay. I'd massage it a little bit. I'm not sure if I love the way he's saying repent of your good works.
1: What makes uh, so let's let's nuance it. Let's, let's go down that road. What makes this an important concepts? Not, not the best word for this Um, theology, what makes this, why is this, whether we nuance exactly how he says it or not, why is this conversation about faith and work so important?
2: Great, great question. I do think, you know, we've been studying Romans at our church and we'll continue to for a while. Like the,
1: you know, John Piper preached the Romans, I believe for two and a half years
2: we will not be doing that but wait good job. good job good job piper um uh yeah so obviously like torah observant jews believed that it was their their works their obedience to the law that saved them that grafted them into god's family and therefore you've got these non torah observant followers of jesus the gentile romans that are like somehow part of God's family, but they're not obeying Torah. And so what do you do with that? And so Paul's message to Romans is like, look, it's really, the law does not save you. In fact, the law is there to show you that you need salvation. All of us are granted in by faith in Jesus, by faith in Jesus, by faith in Jesus. And, you know, uh, an American Western kind of um, application of that would be same way. Like we don't, put our faith in our good behaviors. We don't expect, you hear people all the time. If I'm good, will I go to heaven? Mm-hmm. If I'm bad, will I go to hell? I was with a group of a third and fourth graders at our church on Sunday morning, doing a little ask a pastor morning. And that was the question. Do good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell? You that know, was
1: the question no. in the ask a pastor oh, the, thing, the
2: things they asked Brian, your mind would have been blown. I would like to segue for a moment and tell you a question that was, I asked. I would like to hear it. Do you eat steak in heaven?
1: Do, should they not have asked that question, do you only eat steak in heaven?
2: <laughs> so here's, you want to know why they asked? Why? Because there's no death in heaven.
1: But there's meat.
2: But cows have to die to have the meat.
1: Nobody said there's no animal death in heaven. <laughs> Oops, show, show me passage where there's no animal death but in I'm heaven. i
2: you kids i said there was steak in heaven i did ultimately land there just so you know if it makes you feel better there'll be no Um,
1: vegetables
2: (laughs) (laughs) no uh no squash but there will be steak um okay back to the point at hand many people have inherited a good works faith, whether it's been from their religion or just from culture. Like you kind of get this idea. Good people go to heaven. Bad people Mm -hmm. go to hell. That's from like cartoons. You know what I mean? That's from culture. That's from literature. That's from our understanding. And so the importance of this is to say, no, 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 no. It's not about our good works. It's the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. No matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, all of us need to come to faith in Jesus bow before the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And ultimately it's Jesus's righteousness that saves us and not just saves us, but makes us righteous, whether or not we're doing good things or not, because mm-hmm. that's
1: imparted to us. Uh, and it's, it changes everything about our day-to-day lives, right? Like, yeah. do I believe that uh, I'm going to have to stand before God one day and say, uh, I did X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. let me in. Or do I believe that ultimately I'll stand before God one day However it plays out, but we say to him, I doubt we're going to say to him, but let's, keeping the imagery going, <laughs> Right, right. Uh, I have nothing, no reason I should be here other than the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, you're in, yep. like they're in, you know, again, I don't think that's how it's going to go, right. but that is the foundation of our hope and of yeah. our, uh, yeah, of our hope. So, uh Every other religion says work. Christianity says, repent of your good works and trust Jesus. If Christ needed you to do good works to get to heaven, then he died for nothing. An interesting thought there by
0: Grant Castleberry. Grant Castleberry.
1: (laughs) Coming up next, we're going to talk pastoral ministry and the value of just staying put. We're going to do that next here on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. You and I were not together yesterday on Monday. I feel like you were doing something last weekend, this past weekend. Am I wrong?
2: Was I doing something? Feel like
1: when we were leaving each other on Friday?
2: Too, but why can't I remember now? This is what happens when you're old. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to consult my Google Calendar. You know what? I'm
1: looking. People don't. Can I pull the curtain back a little bit? Yeah, here? Yeah. Yes. The curtain back, please.
2: Oh, I, of course. You know what I was doing. I'm
1: looking. You did a wedding.
2: I did a wedding, and I want to talk to you we're about, gonna it talk later. about it later. We yeah, will talk about it later. Something happened. Not in the wedding. They got married. It was beautiful. Something happened right after the wedding that I'll, I'll tell you about. But
1: we call that a tease. We're just
2: gonna stop there. Yeah. Yes, I did. I went to a wedding. And I prayed that rain away and I'm telling you I was like Elijah but the opposite God heard me and it did. Well, oh, like
1: Elijah didn't Elijah oh, pray right. that it would rain it and, and, pray and that it would rain.
2: rain. Yeah, so I was just so like, you Elijah. Were like half Elijah. Yeah, that's right.
1: You didn't pray then the rain back on them.
2: No, I didn't. I just I prayed it away and God heard me.
1: Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank there you. There are so many people who will pay you a lot of money to do their <laughs> weddings.
2: Some a couple is married. Because of me, that was a weighty. I was like, this is weighty right here. All right. We'll talk about that later,
1: though. Uh, Benjamin Verbicek, who has been on our show before, wrote at Christianity Today uh, a couple days ago, pastors, there is a ministry in staying put. Mm. One of the best gifts you can give your church is not leaving too soon. He talks about pastoral profession being in a state of crisis. Pastors are burned out and at a breaking point, a third have considered quitting Uh, Not to mention one in four are planning to retire soon. And so he goes at this. And here's his point, Aubrey. Uh, There is value and there is there is fruits in just staying. Mm. Now, if you're getting beat up, if things are bad, there's time to go.
2: There is a time to go. I think that's really important. But his
1: point is. We probably jumped to that time too uh, too early. Stay, like stay mm. and keep going, and that there is literally mm. ministry in just yeah. being there. What yeah. do you think about that?
2: I have found anecdotally, okay, that we've stayed in a place for a long time. Now we've been at two different two different churches. One was our Apprentice Church, oh. so I'm kind of skipping that. We were on Safeta Church for a while, and then we planted Renewal Church. And the amount of people, in fact, the wedding we were just talking about is a great example. The amount of people that maybe leave the faith, maybe leave church for a while, maybe, I don't know, move away. Fifteen years later, come back and they need pastoral help because you've simply Mm -hmm. stayed put in one location and you've been faithful and they see you as a Christian that's still a Christian they come back and they. It is an opportunity for ministry. Yeah. I, I would say, and at this wedding is a great example. I was this bride's junior high, wow, uh, youth pastor and small group leader. Then she went through a really really difficult time, and I don't need to go into all that. But I will say she is now restoring her faith. And has since started coming back to walking with Jesus. And guess who's one of the only pastors she still knows and remembers? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so that's my horn. I, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm yes. saying, literally, you just don't move. And God does something. And that's happened... I'm, I know it's happened to you, Brian. That's happened yep. several times in our life, in our marriage, in our ministry, where you think somebody's just, like, gone. And then... 12 years, 18 years later, you're, like, hearing from them again. Yeah. Because you're still a pastor. I mean, Kevin's got buddies from high school who are, like, he's the only pastor that they have ever even encountered before. And his, like, witness and staying put, it matters for these guys that don't know Jesus yet. And you're talking about
1: staying put in their lives. But I think also what Verbiachek's talking about is literally staying at your church. Like, I'm sure there's moments. Yeah where you and kevin have thought to yourself is our time done here right. at renewal right. there's times i've multiple times where i've gone yeah i've started down the pathway in my mind of mm-hmm. going maybe it's time to maybe go it's
2: time to pass the baton
1: and i will tell you there will come a day when i'm not the pastor mm-hmm. of four corners and there will come a day yeah. that you are not the pastor right. at renewal church right. so i'm not suggesting we should all Stay retire forever. from the church that we start in yeah but we do also see people who at the first sign of struggle they're like I'm, I'm gone out. yeah Like, what do you think about this? He says this, our Christian subculture loves visionary leaders, dynamic pastors, and leveraging momentum. Yet God is teaching me about the ministry of not leaving. Mm. Sometimes pastors obey the spirit by starting that new program. Sometimes pastors launch a new initiative, update the mission statement, or find a new church. More often, however, they obey the spirit by continuing to show up to work day after day. Mm. I don't know how long I will pastor at my current church, but I say with Ezekiel, oh, Lord God, you know. (laughs) But I do know this isn't a day for me to quit, but it is to stay. Mm, Yeah. Again, it's hard because we are not saying that if... There are certainly times to leave a church.
2: There are. And there are certainly times God does just call you to a different church or a different path. Or like he's saying, this is all all of its obedience to the spirit. If the spirit's calling you to start something, you start something. If the spirit's calling you to leave, you leave. Like you have to honor the spirit of God. But maybe what he's talking about is the difference between pastors who just give up and quit because it's hard and the pastor who's like, no, you know what? I'm going to weather this season because yep. God has called me to stay here. And at the end of the day, on the other side of that faithfulness, there is ministry. And I believe it like there, there really is ministry. And I don't mean more like opportunities. I mean, like God will use that for somebody else's healing yeah. and somebody else's story and somebody else's longevity in Christ.
1: I actually also think he's talking to another person here that I hadn't thought of. Who's that? Another type of pastor. It's the pastor who's constantly looking for the next thing mm. and looking for the bigger church, to be oh, honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and I so actually real. think he's talking to them, too. Like, mm. hey, I know you're in a 200-person church and you wish you were in a 500-person yeah. church, but maybe sit in that 200-person church yeah. for a long time yeah, and do ministry, plant your mm. roots there. That might also even be more so he's talking to the person who's just constantly like, What's next?
2: Right. Where how, am I going can next? I go? Where am what's I going my next? like quote unquote promotion? Or right. where can I experience more of God's favor? Where's the big church I can go to from here?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, hadn't yeah I hadn't thought of that one. Yeah.
2: I hadn't thought of that one either. That's kind of an interesting idea. Like, what does it mean to be content in the place where you're called, whether you planted it or not? You know, you're just leading it and not look to the left or the right or not look at the other opportunities or not. Or, I mean, here's even a bigger one. Let's say, and let's say Brian, a, a big church comes to you and Again. They're, <laughs> and they're like, you know, a thousand person church, a couple thousand person church. They got a lot of money to pay you. They got a sweet setup and whatever, you know what I mean? Like all the things you want. And the question is like, do you obey the Spirit of God and right. stay? Like, or I don't do you think like,
1: there's any. I don't want to paint it as a right and wrong decision, I agree, but I do be. think we often go. I should go to the bigger one, like
2: the, like, I quote, go to the unquote, one. obvious choice is the bigger yep. one. All right,
1: yeah. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Oof. Number one key in your mind to longevity, to staying, to to not burning out, not quitting, not leaving Ugh. your church. Is there is there one thing that comes to mind?
2: yeah there are two things that come to mind that's not what i asked well i'm gonna i'm gonna do it anyway uh, should i go practical or spiritual first uh the, i mean money at the end of the day like you have to support your family is that the spiritual no that's not the spiritual and i don't mean rich i don't mean extra i just mean like you, you have to be able to provide for your family yes. to stay at your church i'm sorry you just do or you're a bivocational pastor like you and i are and that just is what it is right um, so you have to have some source of income from somewhere. I would say simultaneously, like, it would be very easy to leave a church that is always critical of you and mm-hmm. always mad at you and always complaining. And that might be a sign that it is time for you to leave. Like, maybe you're yes. not a great leader. So I think there's some aspect of community encouragement. You see the spirit of God at work in the people, Yeah. meaning you're seeing lives transformed. You're seeing people come to Jesus, but also a spirit of just like affection, like not Pastor, pastor, I worship you, but like we all love being here yes. together, and yes. you're the right leader for
1: us. I think that's good. Does that make sense? It totally what does. What about
2: you? What's your number one?
1: Uh, it's certainly not money, but- You're <laughs> so kidding. much
2: better than me. Uh,
1: for me, I also think, and there's no way, I don't have an easy way of saying this, like how to con- t- capitalize it. I think it's just not riding that roller coaster. Mm. I'm the greatest pastor today. I'm the worst totally. pastor ever totally. today. I'm the gra- I'm the- They yeah. love me. They hate me. Yeah.
2: You cannot ride that. It's knowing Ugh. that, you know
1: what? My wife and kids love me. Yeah. I'm pretty good at this job. There's better pastors than me. There's worse pastors. Our church is fun. Yep. Let's just keep doing this. Hey,
2: we'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.